I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm talking to Chester and Sirikit Umaging. Chester and Sirikit went on the Manila mission team together in the late 80s, went into the professional ministry, witnessed 400 baptisms in the first year of that planting, got married, and returned to the States in 2004. They started successful careers in real estate and then restaurant ownership. They then returned to the paid ministry in 2016, leading the Colorado Springs Church. Two years ago, they took another step forward in faith and returned to the Asian mission field, this time in Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok has historically been a difficult mission field for Christian missions. Nevertheless, Chester and Sirikit, at the age of 60, are baptizing and bringing revival to the college and young professional ministries in this Buddhist country. Find out what they're doing to make this life count. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Yesterday was such a cool day. I'm recording this uh, Sunday morning before church, and we went out with a bunch of disciples, and I had a couple guys use their trucks, and I borrowed their trucks, and we loaded up over 1,200 bottles of water. And we took them over to the campus and set them up before the basketball game. And they're just like stacked up there. And then the disciples showed up. We did that about nine. Then the disciples showed up around 11. And then we just started sharing. And we passed out about 1,240 bottles of water and invitations to church. And it was just so much fun. I mean, just so great. The weather in Tucson in March is amazing. I mean, it's just like absolutely perfect. Like mid seventies, just fantastic weather, sunny, bright. And people were so, so grateful to get free water. We're giving them to kids. We had disciples with their families out there, kids giving them out. It's just so much fun because people are coming to you. You're not chasing people down. You know, we just say, Hey, um, please get your free water and an invitation to a great church. And the response was so fantastic. So it was very, very encouraging for those disciples that showed up. I think they were really, really built up. And I'm just praying that from all those people that came out, that there's a Zacchaeus or two. There's a Lydia. There's a person who's like, I really need to find a great church. And so that's my prayers. Jester and Sirikit, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Good it to is, see you guys. Yeah, it's, it's great so to see you fantastic. guys. It's fantastic. It's great to have you on the program, baby. Thank you. I always love being here. I know. It's it's fantastic to do this together. You guys are in Bangkok, Thailand. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. been there about a year and a half. And I just want right. to talk to you about that today. But let's before we get into that, how'd you guys become Christians? Wow, all the way back. It's uh, 38 years for me now. Um, you know, I, I was just a guy growing up in uh, in the USA and um, went to college. And uh, bottom line, I was seeking a lot of different things. I went to a religious college, uh, the University of San Diego. And uh, for <laughs> me, you know, I just was chasing the American dream. And I wanted to, to achieve life. I was playing sports in high school. I got different scholarships, different places. But my life was just empty, like just empty. And no matter what I did and try to achieve, it just made it more empty because I couldn't find it. Mm. And um, I just remember, uh, you know, my uh, our roommate, I was living in my brother's uh, brother-in-law's household. And she was inviting me to church all the time. And I just <laughs> thought, this is the weirdest thing like you you always invite me to this church so for four years she invited me to church never went the girlfriend of his roommate the girlfriend wow. of my roommate four That's years right. wow right and i would tell her i'm gonna go to this i'm gonna go to that and never go and then uh, <laughs> and one day I, I was just praying in the in the church chapel and i said where where are you god mm. 
unbeknownst to me, some uh, some I got a phone call and was invited to a Bible talk on campus, and uh, they were doing the the Bible talk. It was a great Bible talk, and uh, I just said, "Hey, are you guys Catholic?" And they said, "No." I said, "Well, what are you doing on our campus?" You know, they said, "Well, we'd like to invite you to come back." And I said, "Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to come back or not." But I loved it, right? Mm. Got baptized. I, I I studied the Bible, learned about Jesus. The cross convicted me, my sin. I end up uh, going to church for the first time, and lo and behold, Stephanie walks up, the, my my ex roommate, and she goes, um, "I go, Stephanie, what are you doing at my church?" <laughs> and she looked at me and said, "This is the church that I've been inviting me." the last four years oh wow. my and, uh, gosh i wow. said i said wow what happened and she goes when you didn't respond to me i gave your phone number to some brothers up from another campus and they called you up and so that's who invited me to the first bible talk that i went to and i think about that i think wow if, if they would have just got that number and put it in their in their pants and then they went into the wash machine <laughs> i would have been lost wow so you know, I, I just made that decision and and uh, and became a Christian in my senior year in college. And then I graduated and I started working at uh, General Dynamics uh, Space Systems Division. Yeah, yep, that's right. Wow. Well, I was born and raised in the Philippines. So in 1987, I was actually taking my master's in the University of the Philippines at the same time, teaching full time in the university. At that time, um, I had a boyfriend and for eight years we were having a relationship and um, we were so zealous about preaching the word. We're part of a born again group. And I remember preaching zealously with door knocking, you know, he would preach, I would sing. Um, and yet after seven years of doing that, I felt kind of uh, sick in my stomach because I knew we were hypocrites. Mm -hmm. I, I knew we were living a double life. So um in 1987, I broke up the relationship, although it was hard for me, I knew it was the right thing to do. And I decided to take a break from the university and went to the States in New York and stay with my sister. And I was ready to live a new life with God. And so I went through the yellow pages, okay, yellow pages at the top, <laughs> looking for a church in New York. And I found a church and I was supposed to meet a pastor, okay. And that day it rained so hard, so I couldn't leave. Uh, our condo and so um, I was kind of bummed but I had to stay stay home and same day a high school friend called me and invited me to her, invited me to her church and uh, this is actually the church in New York and so that was April um, around after that May I studied the Bible for two weeks and another two weeks of wrestling I wrote a four-page letter telling all my questions and I got an answer back with all the biblical answers too, and I got baptized. Um, and that was really the best decision of my life. Uh, that was in New York City in 1988, June 25. So wow. That was really wow. 19, okay, 1988. So, okay, so how did you guys end up together and how did you get <laughs> onto the right, Manila so, mission team? So was, I, I was baptized in 86, she was baptized in 88. And so there was a God Almighty Reigns. Uh, Boston. Boston. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. we were out there. And I had dated only white women all my life. I went to white college, white high school, white everything. So I was a, I was a coconut. I was brown on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> and so we were, we were doing this. Uh, there was this big old um, Mixers. mixer, right? Single Singles mixer. mixer. And they got on the intercom and said, find, find a date. So, I don't know, there's like three, four, 500 people. I don't know, this is a lot of people. So I'm looking around for someone, you know. Or a date. The score, right? You know, a date. <laughs> and here it comes, two Filipino girls up to me, and they were so excited, you know, to see another Filipino. And so we started talking, and I didn't have any interest. So I, after about five minutes, I just said, um, it was great meeting you guys. You know? <laughs> he was looking above so my head. So I was head. just kind of looking around. <laughs> And then, uh, then that was it. And then, then we both go on the mission planting in '89. Wow! And I didn't recognize her, and uh, and so we're. I've asked her out four times on because there was only 28 of us. I asked her out four times. <laughs> on a date. Go on a date. And she said four times. She said no. Uh, she said it was because <laughs> she was busy with work I, or whatever. I find reasons because actually I did. I didn't want to go out on a date. Right. Okay. Day. But there was only four. There's only 28 of us, so we always had to keep rotating. So finally we went out and she said, Hey, she was driving. She goes, Hey, um, 
do you remember Boston? I said, yeah, God Almighty Reigns. I goes, yeah, I went to that concert. Do you remember, you know, uh, uh, you know, the singles mixer? I go, yeah. I said, do you me remember meeting two Filipino girls? I said, I do. And she goes, that was me. She goes, <laughs> you were so prideful then. <laughs> so that that was our that was our meeting, and we didn't, wow. we didn't like the whole year. We we just got to know each other, and then a year later, we kind of started the spark started flying uh in manila so yeah that's it yeah. i was not interested in finding a date i was just interested in looking for filipinos because it's my first time in the u.s right and i just broke i just broke up so i feel like no dates for now so right wow that was the what year did you guys get married 1992 92 what so it took right. you a little while to get married took a few years yeah, well, 89 was a planting. And so, right. And so, yeah, there's there's another story for that. We were engaged for a year and then we broke up and then we got back. So, got it. Okay. Sense. Now, can you talk a little bit about that mission team? I mean, yes. I, I've interviewed Preston. I've talked to a few people about that mission play. It was phenomenal. I mean, uh -huh. just so many people became Christians yeah. in such a fast right. time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what was it like? How do you describe it in a few words? Magic. Mm. magic you know you say miracles it, it was but it was a magical time mm. you know it's just like it, and when you're in a magical time you're just there and it, it's everything's just happening and, mm. and it's just you can't even explain it you just can't even explain. when we look at the the original team and who we were 28 people half of the group weren't weren't leaders some of us a lot of us were just struggling you know and so it, it really was a ragtag you know, unschooled, ordinary. So, you know, the, then we had the Preston Shepherd and the Anthony Song Lang. But, uh, you know, we just saw God just just moving. It was a, it was a whirlwind of God just just moving. Mm -hmm. And uh, we weren't, we didn't know what to expect. Um, like I said, we were unschooled. But we just saw uh, just hundreds. It was like the first year, I think it was uh, 400 people get baptized in Christ. That's amazing. And then after... Uh, 15 years, there's a, our church was 6,000 in Manila and 15 churches all around. So we would, we would work a lot. I mean, we, we worked a lot. Wow. Uh, right. You know how that is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. So I think for me, because I was familiar also with the Bible, but I've never seen anything like this or felt anything like this. It's like the book of Acts coming to life before my very eyes. Mm. And I remember I had 18 units full load of teaching and I was taking my master's and yet I would have three studies a day. A day, a day. And we would share faith to anything that moved, you know what I'm saying? Right. And right. on our own, we would just confess our sins before we get into appointments because we felt like, well, how can God use, a, a, God will use a, a, a good vessel, you know, a clean right. vessel. So. Mm. It was such a great, like, spirit-filled time for us. Right. And we didn't know any better in terms of just just moving, moving, moving. But the heart behind it was was really growing, growing, growing before our very eyes. So that was really great. And, and wow. you needed to rise. Everyone needed to rise up as a leader because now you're talking about babies making babies, young Christians having young Christians. Right. And so... You know, when, when you got baptized, it's like, okay, you're going to become a leader really soon. And so everyone kind of had to rise up in faith to become a, to become a leader. I mean, I remember we would baptize parents of uh, the converts and we were single. I remember I was a single leading a marriage ministry. And one wow. day one couple came up to us and I remember Andre was my co-leader and said, you know, we, we had a bump and this, 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 and said, okay, um, uh, and they said we had a fight and the brother pulled up his shirt and showed the the scratches right in there. And I go, <laughs> what are we going to do? Andre and I look at each other and we went knock at son's room and I said, son, we need help <laughs> with the couple. You know, we don't know what to do. And son just said, you know what? Just open the Bible. Right. Right. And open the Bible. Just... Okay. <laughs> That's all we did. Open the Bible. Keep it wow. simple. Well, it must have been such a a different experience for both of you. For you, Sirkit, it's just going home. But for right. you, Chester, it's your first time. It's a foreign country in a in a way. I'm, I I I know you've got family. Can you just talk a little bit about kind of the 
the different experience that each one of you had? You know, um, we're young, uh, excited. Mm. So, um, you know, you know, if I were to do that again at this age, I don't know if I if I could do it. If I had to, I would. But you know, <laughs> things were just exciting, and and um, it was tough in the beginning because there was that American dream, and um, family did not want us to go uh, with that. But you know, going there, it it was a big adjustment in terms of of becoming Filipino, mm-hmm. and I I hadn't realized how prideful I really was as an American. Uh, you walk in uh, as an American, you kind of walk into different countries and you ex- you almost expect them to cater to you because now the American is here. And I didn't realize that that was the aura that I was projecting in a lot of ways. And so that that adjustment for me, just just to just to be humble, you know, just to be a humble person was was a real challenge for me in the beginning. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, for me, when I went to the States, um, of course, the church there wanted me to stay because, you know, it's the church is growing there. But I've always wanted to go back to the Philippines. And I had a, a tourist visa at that time. And I said, OK, I'm going to go back, leave my stuff. I'll come back. I had the resources to come go back and forth. Visas, no problem. So but I've always had the heart for Asia because I'm Filipino. And in fact, I just, we've been married 32 years and I just changed my citizenship about 10 years ago. Wow. Because I I felt like I'm gonna go back to Asia and die in Asia. Mm. So for for me to, to hear the calling to be part of the mission planting in Manila was, was such a dream come true for me because wow. I've always wanted to to do something like that. Didn't, didn't think about full-time, but I knew I wanted to, to really, um, really preach the word right. in whatever capacity I can. So that was really amazing. So you for me. So your citizenship now is you've got U.S. citizenship, or yes. Yeah. Right now, I, I have an American citizenship, and I, when we started leading the church in Colorado Springs, that's when I, I. Um, I changed After my 20 family. years of being married, that's when she first changed her right. Wow. I, I went to the Philippines because of Scott Green's message in in uh in one of the Asian Christian Jubilees. You, you were probably even there, Rob. Yeah, I'm and sure I was. Scott Green just described a, a an Asian and he said, Why is your hair black? Why is your skin brown? And then he says, It's time to go home. And I, I realized at that, that moment, I said, wow, God created me Asian for a reason. Mm. And uh, that's where I really had the dream to go back to the Philippines and uh, and to help the church, start the church there in the Philippines. It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. It's very inspiring. Can you guys just talk about just an overview of your career? I know you said you went to the full-time ministry in the Philippines, but after right. that. Right. So, yeah, so in 2004, uh, we went back to the States and, um, you know, we were trying to figure out what are we going to do? I mean, after being in the ministry, we were trained in in, in different areas of our lives. I, I was working in a in an aerospace company and I was doing things. So am I going to go back into that job? We didn't even know. So we were actually thinking about at one point even just selling fish in a, in a market. And I was very serious. I'm like, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do? So, Cesar Lopez. Cesar Lopez, right. But, uh, you know, um, a good fish. friend of mine, John Godwin, who worked with me in, in general dynamics at the time, uh, long before I left, he just said, come do real estate. And so, um, you know, my mom said that she would, she would buy us a house now that we're moving back. And so in Las Vegas, that's where we started that, that, uh, that real estate business. And so we were doing really well, a lot of homes. And then we hit that bust, right? You know, the, the 2008, I didn't realize it was coming up. So we lost everything at the time. <laughs> then a sister, we uh, went to Florida. She had a restaurant business there. And uh, we just, we did that for several years. She gave us uh, equity in the business. And she said, um, you know, and then, uh, Rolled the red carpet. Rolled the red like, carpet. Like, like his mom. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so, uh, it was at that time that we is at that time that we decided to go back into the ministry, and um, you know, uh, 
it, basically, you know, d- different people had, had asked us, are you ever going to think about going back into the ministry? And um, one time, uh, you know, we're in the restaurant and Kit just looked at me. I, I think I was just cleaning up some things and she looked at me. She, she was said, mopping the floor. I was mopping the floor, right? <laughs> she said, she said, are we going to do this for the rest of our lives? Is this our last stop? Right? <laughs> and, um, and then she looked at me and I looked at her and she goes, what are you afraid of? Oh, just a dagger hit my heart in. because at the end of the day i i knew i was afraid of some things and and i had to really search what am i afraid of and I, it, a lot of it is i just i think i was afraid of coming back in the ministry from accountability um you know you just kind of get used to your life outside of the ministry for a while and um and just you know being in that that um magnifying glass and you know, people kind of look at your lives and so there's, so I felt like I was inadequate. Maybe I wasn't fully trained. So there was a lot of, a lot of those kinds of, of fears, right? And so we just had to really pray about it. And uh, John Lusk said, you know, I think you guys just need to go for it. Mm. And that's when he invited us to come to Denver, and uh, to interview in the church in Colorado Springs. And so what, that's what, what we year was that? Yeah. 2014. Okay, so so from 2004 to 2008, you were in Las Vegas. It was a boom and then bust period in real estate. And then another six years doing, running a restaurant in Florida. Right, right, right. And she had, she had told us, um, her sister-in-law, my sister-in-law told us when I said, Hey, we're going to go back in the ministry. She said, um, I I just bought, uh, two more restaurants. And I'm going to give you one. If you just stay, give you one more because we were partners and she really liked us as the front face of the business and her doing the back end. Right. So she really was trying to trying to keep us in the in the business. Wow. Yeah. We said we're we're going back to the ministry. You know that, right? And because we took two months break before going to the ministry to prepare our hearts. And uh we were just in Florida and she just said, Well you're still here. So she was still hoping. But anyway we we just said no we're going back to the ministry. Right, right. I mean, why? Okay, why? Why did you decide to go back into the ministry? You're making a, you're making great money. You've got a great right. future. You're getting opportunities handed to you. Why? What? What's driving you at that point? You know, we were doing the restaurant business, and um, we we're actually doing vacation homes at the same time. But in the church in Florida, in Gainesville, we were doing the ministry, like. Like, um, you know, we started the middle school ministry because there was none. Uh, we we were overseeing all the singles, about 50 singles. Uh, we were taking the uh, young marrieds. Uh, we were doing a, a D group with them. I was a Hope Board president. Uh, I'd be <laughs> preaching at different times. So, I mean, we were, and we even convinced our sister-in-law, can we close on Sundays? so that we could do church. And so she said, yeah, because she had other things doing, she had other businesses as well. So we kind of, we're in the, we're really still doing the ministry and the restaurant wasn't, it it wasn't our passion. Mm-hmm. It really was, the ministry was our passion. Okay. Yeah. It's felt like we were made to do ministry right. and to yeah. be in the ministry. Right, it, yeah. it really takes some soul searching, doesn't it? Just yeah. to figure out, okay, what, what, am I called to do? I mean, mm-hmm. when we were in Ashland, Oregon, selling real estate, you know, that it was going well after losing everything in 2008, but finally we were seeing the <laughs> a brighter future in about 2012. That's when we were called to go back into the ministry, but it's, it's a tough decision. It's a really, wow. you know, there's a lot of sacrifices. Looking back on your time working from 2004 to 2014, that 10 year period, what'd you gain from it? Like what, what, what benefit did you receive from making that change in your career? You know, I think it for us, it, it really helped us to understand what the other side of the, fence. Of, of the fence looks like. You know, you're here in the ministry, you see things from a point of view. Then you then you get on the other side and you, uh, you know, now you're the recipient of that minister, right? And so now you see things from a different point of view, like, wow, God. Minister, he really talks a long time. I mean, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. 
Take notes. Right. And so I'm like, I know. I'm like, was that me? You know, so you kind of get that perspective and you get sensitive to people and their needs and their families. And it's not as easy sometimes, right? But then we we realize on the other side of the fence too that you can actually do more than than you say you could do as a working person. That sometimes working people we use that as an excuse that we're working because we looked at our lives and said wait a second we're wow. working 40 to 60 hours we were working week, a, sometimes raising you know? two kids that were in band and, and musical we're arts active and PTA, active pta yeah. and yet we were active in the church at the same time so we really learned more of a balance that you could really give your hearts to both at the same time both ministry church and and our work I, I think that that's one of the best gifts we've ever received from God to really have the opportunity to go back to the secular world and, and really work um, like the majority of our church. Right. Mm -hmm. right. There's the majority of the church that are non full time and to relate to them, to understand what they're feeling. So the balance of being sentimental, not being sentimental and, and still um, be sensitive. Right. 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 That's great. Okay. So why did you guys choose to go back to Asia? Okay. So you're in Colorado Springs, right? You're back in the ministry. And can you remind us how long were you there for in Colorado Springs? Eight years. Eight years. Eight, Eight years. years. Okay. So your guys are 60, you know, right. you, you could have easily retired there, <laughs> gone back to Florida, you know? So tell us, tell us about that. Cross our mind. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, um, we, uh, you know, during COVID and all the civil rights things and all that, you know, Kit said, hey, I think we need to go on a sabbatical. And I was like, honey, maybe, maybe you can go on a sabbatical. I'm doing just fine. You know, I, <laughs> really doing and, you know, then then we had a lot of deaths in our church. I mean, a lot of deaths. Our, uh, our, our Excuse me. Our uh, core group alone had five or six deaths. Either a child or a parent. Right, right, so right. It's very difficult. And so I was, I felt like every Sunday I'm getting up, I'm just breaking down crying at church just because, you know, I'm still getting over the, the person that just died the month before. So anyway, so we we went on sabbatical and um, it was a great time to be on sabbatical and really soul search because, you know, you, it's the first time you do that, right? And you go back over your whole history of why am I doing what I'm doing? Who am I? You know, you go into those types of thoughts and um, we kind of opened up the door at that time and said, you know, is this really where God wants us to be? And then we decided, we said, you know, why don't we give God a blank canvas and say, God, what do you want us to do in this last season of our lives? You know, this, this last paid ministry season of our lives. So we really opened it up at, the, at that time. Then we came back and, you know, shortly after that, you know, lo and behold, you know, different things came up, right? Like the church in San Francisco, that little house church there that we know of, Sacramento, Ken Chow saying, bro, come, let's do this together. You know, uh, Temecula, which is 45 minutes from my mom's house, you know, the 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 church in Hawaii, right? You know, um, with uh, uh, Randy McKean. So it's just all Seattle, just different things popped up. We said, wow, look at all these awesome opportunities. And um, we thought, you know, this, this sounds really great. And then, then I was... Um, calling up the different churches in Asia just to encourage them. You know, we have a relationship with Vietnam, Cambodia. It was an ongoing relationship. Ongoing relationship, you know, because we give to them as mission. So I called a brother in Thailand, and his name is Sukun. And I said, hey, Sukun, I'm just calling you up to see how's things going, how are you doing? And he goes, oh, so so did you, so you're calling because you heard. I said, what do you mean I heard? He said, I just resigned. I said, what? You just resigned. He goes, yeah, I just, because he was doing rest, he's doing hotels and restaurant business. And um, I said, so what's the succession plan? What's what's going to happen now? He goes, maybe you're going to lead it, bro. <laughs> and I just get out, right. Yeah. You know, we just kind of laughed. Un unbeknownst to me, Kit was already talking to Harlem and, uh, Vanya. and Vanya, you know, and, and, and Vanya had already kind of put that question, hey, have you guys considered Asia, right? Because I, I think they knew what was coming down the pike. Yeah. And so um, I, um, we were torn. I'm like, I don't know, honey, Asia, geez, you know, that's, we've, we've been there, done that. It's kind of like, it's time to come in for a landing. Like, you know, here's this, <laughs> we could see the landing strip, you know, let's just kind of do that thing. And I think it was a conversation with um, uh, Vince Hawkins, 
right? We're kind of leading uh, regional family chairs together. And he said, hey, bro, can I be honest with you? He said, any white American, go lead any of those churches that you just mentioned. But how many Asians do we have that are that know the country, that are seasoned, that have connection with the U.S. and with Asia? How many of those type of evangelist leaders do we have left in the kingdom? And he says, brother, and so I, I thought it really struck me again. And and I just thought, you know, when we get to heaven and, and uh, we see God, and God says, why didn't you go to, to Thailand? I had that door open. What are we going to say to God at that time? Well, God, you know, I did that thing in Manila. We did that thing in Manila. We, you know, we're just, you know, our life are ready, set to, to retire. We don't have anything to say to God. And so that kind of really opened up a heart to consider uh, to come out to, to Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so impressive. Yes. Wow. That is very impressive. Oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. Let's, wow. let's dig in a little bit because that's such a, that's not an easy decision. That's a massive decision. Right. Okay. So like just, you, you've got kids. How many kids do you have? Two. Josh and Alexa. Josh is the 30 and Alexa is 25. Okay. That's a big decision right there. Okay. You've got kids right. in the States. Talk, just kind of walk through the process of making this decision and then getting on the plane. Like what, <laughs> what was the cost? Let's just kind of just talk it through with, talk it through with the. The biggest cost is obviously our kids. And we, uh, we asked our kids, how do you feel about us going to, you know, uh, back on the mission field? And they both said, you know, it's mixed. They said, um, you know, obviously, uh, they said, we we are happy. Or they said, we're really sad because we're really close to our kids. You know, we're very close family. They said, but we're happy at the same time that our, our parents at this season of their life are chasing after their dream. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamy. So, <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, very, very hard. But originally, Alexa was going to come with us for like a year that was the plan and then she changed her mind and and so i i think uh when we think about our kids i think it was good timing for us to just let them have their like the free freedom to just do their life without us you know what i'm saying and i think they've always been independent although joshua was living with us at the time um but we felt like I think it would be a good um, time for us to to see them grow um, with this situation as a part. Uh, but the the comforting the comforting thing about it is that we we ask that if we can go back to say twice a year to visit our kids right. and or they visit us, and so they said, okay, you can take that time. So right. we we make them feel like anytime they need us, we can always go see them. Mm. Yeah, we had to obviously consider things. I mean, at this season, again, at this season of our life, we, we had to, you know, we did the missionary thing when, when we were younger, giving up everything and, and really, really giving up everything to where, you know, you don't have that uh, retirement, you know, back in the early days, right? Was That's the way it was. And so we did have to talk through all the, the practical things of what that's going to mean to, to, to come out here. How are we going to get paid? Right. Uh, social security benefits, you know, just things like that as well. Exactly. Right. A lot. I mean, just so much going into it. Now, right. why did you choose Bangkok? Mm. Okay. Yeah. You guys went to Manila, explosive growth, you know, 400 baptisms the first year. That's never been the experience in Bangkok. I mean, we're, we're talking completely different mission field, right. much tougher had a succession of great leaders go through it, limited success. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's totally different. Okay. Tell me about why you chose Bangkok over other places and, and how's it, how's it been going? You know, we, we really caught a vision for, for Bangkok and we really do feel like it was a calling for us. Um, you know, when we looked at, you know, like you said, they've had over the last 30 years, they've had 20 sets of leaders come by in the last 30 years. And, and um, you know, the the people that are here, the, the, the people that are holding it together, they're, they're aging. They're all in their 60s or their 50s and 60s. And, 
And we figured, wow, if if this generation of people die out and the church does not revive, we're, we're talking a whole nation mm. is gone. Mm. Nation. And this nation oversees Laos, Laos as well. Laos only has six disciples left. And so when you kind of put that magnitude of things, right, like the other places here in Asia and in different places, they already have churches, they're established. But but this is this was a hub. This actually used to be the hub of of the Mekong region, this this particular church. Now it's not. And so it 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 really was just uh uh you know coming out here and and thinking we we need to rebuild this whole this whole nation. Uh and so coming out of here, how's it been? Um it's been great. It's um you know, one of uh, my best friend, uh, Ken Chow, who used to lead the church here uh, <laughs> a while back, said, hey, bro, this is going to be the hardest mission field you're ever going to go to. And, I, you know, you hear those kind of things like, right, right, right. You know, um, and it's it's been challenging, right? It's been challenging and um, uh, challenging and rewarding at the same time. I think for us, our mindset coming in is like, yeah, we, we have ministry. We have a lot of ministry experience, but. But how are we going to do this thing? Because we we don't know how to do this thing. And in some ways, it's really good that we haven't. Mm-hmm. And so our base uh, philosophy coming in, as you know, we look at Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, you know, will seek my face, will will turn from their wicked ways, and pray to me, I will hear their prayers and heal their land. And so. Yeah, we can come with a, with a lot of technique and a lot of ministry skills, but at the end of the day, it's going to be God. Mm-hmm. Like, is God pleased with us or not? Are we God's people or not? Right. Spent the first months just getting on our knees as a church. Mm-hmm. Still do. <laughs> and still do. And I remember one of the first times we got on our knees as a church, people were just crying. And they said, we don't remember the last time that we've gotten on our knees and just as a corporate body, just cried out to God. Right. And, and that's really been the, 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 the foundation that we've built on, you know, coming up over here and um, really going back and, and talking to, we've, we've gotten with every person in the church and just talk, had them tell us, tell them their story, tell them, tell us your story of how you got here and why you're so faithful. Uh, one particular a uh, person uh, in particular just said, you know, I've been here for a long time. I've been over, you know, 30 years. And and that person said, um, I believe in heaven and I believe in hell. And at this point in my life, I, I really don't care which one I go to. When when she said that, it just put a, a I mean, my heart just sank. And it just caused, I just fasted. I just fasted for days and said, God, this is what we're up against. And so... You know, I think over time, uh, over this past year, we've seen life coming back into the church. And we've obviously had to go through all the restructuring, find out who the leaders are. And, you know, you know, we had a structure at one point and everything changed. And, you know, so we had to really kind of figure all that out. Uh, the language has definitely been uh, not easy. Um, you know, 15% of the church speaks English. And um, of the 15% that, that say they speak English, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say maybe two or three know the nuances of 100. The, it was 96 when we got here. Like maybe two or three know the nuances of speaking. Well, we do have some Americans too, a few, like five. But of, other than that, the ones that say they understand, they don't really understand. And so that's been a challenge. I think... Um, communicating we always have to have an interpreter um every time i, I preach uh every every d time we have with somebody is that there's an interpreter um if we're in a counseling session there's an interpreter studying the bible there's an interpreter so we have that whole factor um i think uh just our age is a difference right we're um you know kit you know we uh have a washing machine that doesn't really work as well and so she, <laughs> she has to walk down the street with a shopping cart you know this you know down the block to to wash our clothes and uh you know here she is six years old washing clothes right down the street you know so yeah. anyway you know there's there's those challenges right i think um 
So friendships is hard because we uh, we have so many established friendships, right? Just like you guys in yeah. uh, through the years, and so it's starting new friendships again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know that's that's been a, a definitely a, a difficult challenge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So go ahead, baby. Yeah. Wow, Kit. Shopping cart going down the street with your laundry. Three blocks away. <laughs> my first oh my time gosh. doing it, Pam. I'm telling you, I didn't know any better. Okay, so I went with my shopping cart going there, and you know the the the, the side roads they're like very uneven, and so um, on my way back, it rained so hard, oh. but I was sweating so hard. And then it rained. I was sweat. I was wet with my sweat and the rain. <laughs> so, okay, oh, yeah. God, this is awesome. Okay, wow. so tell me a little bit about the church. Like, how many when you when you walked in there a year and a half ago? How many disciples were there? How many people on Sunday? What 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 did it look like to you when you first showed up? Right, like we our memberships ninety. 90- was over over 100 or so and so we had to kind of go through and who's really coming and then you had all the covid stuff so it was still that online just starting to come together thing right so they had started to come together for a while but it, it was probably gosh about 50 percent of the of the church coming out right even less. maybe even less than that right so so uh you know they had a hard time just getting the momentum going so by the time we got here it was about like 50 percent ish right and then then when we first came obviously everyone wanted to see the new the new minister and then it then it kind of then it kind of went down again and then it went back up so i would say now on a and given Sunday, ship is about 96 then 96 yeah and so we're at, at 106 107 so so we've had six baptisms that's great uh, that's awesome. some people moved in uh they hadn't seen a single man baptized in seven years, wow! And we had two single, men, had two single men baptized. Uh, they haven't had a campus ministry in, cor- in 20, 20 years. Wow. So we had a campus, a couple campus students baptized, um, and then uh, so so that's that's been really encouraging. We we actually had um, what we call this. We actually had a, a sword campaign which uh, we just invited students from different countries to come in. So there was like five different countries, Malaysia, U.S., Singapore, uh, Indonesia. So they, so they came for a summer and they just, we just worked them. You know, we were back on campus. <laughs> I love that. like the mission, right? And, and it really, what it did for the church is, because unless you've seen, unless you've seen a vibrant church, you don't understand what it looks like, Right. right? So, you know, we're trying all our hardest to get it going and, and things like that, but there it's that's a kind of a level, right? Bringing in the sword camp in and having these, you know, 15, 16 students that are just there, all of a sudden it just brought up just the just the the, the atmosphere, the vibrancy. And so if I would say here we were when we got here, the campus was here. So we're about like here now. So it's it's kind of it's not up to the level of the campus, but it's still alive. Wow. And, yeah. and I would say definitely uh, more people than ever. Uh, it's it's almost filled. The The capacity is almost filled. Wow. Uh, awesome. We have a lot of visitors. Um, we have people studying the Bible. Uh, what we're doing right now is we're, well, getting into other things. But <clears throat> just to let you know, we ha- our church in Bangkok has not had any campus ministry for 20 years mm. and we don't like chester said we don't we don't have a teen ministry we don't have preteen ministry our children ministry definitely needs a lot of help so we just have we didn't have any hope really you know uh hope hope, hope worldwide uh, right worldwide. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had hope just not hope worldwide got it <laughs> right. and so we just launched it yeah right. um, that's Wow. One person right now, so it was good. So we we uh we taught a thing about servanthood in the church. And um, you know, we we went through all the, the different parts of the body and said, Hey, these are the areas of our church that we need children's ministry, ushering, da da da, um, song leading, you know, Bible talk leaders. Mm. And uh and then we we wrote them all, all on the on the wall. So there's about like like 15 pages. 
and uh, in the beginning of the year. And so we said, okay, we want everyone to sign up for something. Everyone has a gift. Everyone sign up. Mm. So everyone madly rushed over there. And there was like, I don't know, there was like, um, there was more than a hundred slots uh, of, of things to fill out. And our membership was only 90 something because people were signing up uh, more than one thing. And our kids kingdom coordinator says, she goes, I've never seen this before. Like, <laughs> so we did it again this year. Yeah. We did it this yeah. year. And I said, okay, let's put your, your, your thing up. And she goes, brother, she goes, I, I still have signing up until 2025. I mean, wow. people have I signed like up. People have signed up all of this year, last year, this year, and going into. The, I said, okay, wow. well, that's fine. We're just trying to get everyone, no matter mm. what, what you do, everyone could do something. Right, as a trip. gift. I love trip. that. I I love that. So for this for this year, for example, like what are some of your goals, and how do you know when you're winning? Right, right. So we we are, um, you know. Obviously, our, our time here is five years. We've been a year and a half. So on the back of our mind always is, what is what is the future leadership? And what are we going to leave behind? Mm. And so a lot of our focus has really been on, on building up the leadership. So, so we already know, and we've talked to the leadership that's here and, and the brothers that used to be church leaders here. We, we, we were very honest with uh, them and said, hey, uh, you will not be the the lead person here moving forward, okay? We are gonna find a young person that we're gonna convert or if they move in, and that's the person that we're all gonna raise up together, okay? So that's kind of really been our focus. Our, our focus is on a lot of different things, obviously, because it's we're doing everything, right? But we're going right back to the youth, uh, being campus and single professionals. So we've, we've really revamped our single professionals. Um, with our campus, um, we, like I said, we, we converted some people during that summer. And so actually March 1st, we, um, converted one guy that young, talented, uh, heartsy single guy, uh, he just graduated. Right. And, um, and, uh, it's only been like seven months. And so we took a gamble and we just said to him, Hey, you know, we'd like to we like to put you in a full-time ministry. Wow. Right? <laughs> I said, no, you're what we got. You know, let's, let's get that seed well, and let's, he, let's plant it. Ever since actually he, he was studying the Bible, he saw how things were. And for some reason, he wanted to be full-time in the ministry. Right. Wow. Already in his own. Right. And he was making changes already in his job. And so I think he actually, in some ways, initiated that and so we feel like we saw the heart right. to want to do it go for it and uh when he came to church he had zero percent english Con nothing now he's 30 percent that's 30 percent so he's really wanting to do it and make an impact i mean he's like research our website and stuff churches in the u.s just to learn from different churches that's who he is well he he's already attending a, a a church group of media people. So on his own, like, so they, there's, there's different Christian groups that come together and they have this media group and they, they learn from each other. And so he's, he's attending that to revamp our whole. So he's bringing all this whole media thing and all these ideas about media. And I'm like, this is exactly the yeah. kind of things that we, so, so we're, we're, uh, we just hired him March 1st. And uh, then the past leader that we had before we just hired her, her, we hired her husband uh, when we when we got here because I just needed somebody, right? And um, and then we just hired her yesterday as well, part time. And um, and we don't have the budget, like we don't we don't have the budget. And we just said we're going for it, right? And um, so in in May we're going to take up our first special missions contribution in twenty years for wow. the first time. Wow. Like they haven't they, they haven't talked about contribution. Nothing in the last wow. 20 years. Right. And no, 2003. I mean, 2003, yeah. And so we wow. said our goal is a million baht. Okay, a million baht. Just to put it in perspective, our church budget on a weekly basis, what we give is two million baht. So for the whole year, we give two million baht. We're saying on one day, we're going to give one million baht. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're just praying to God that miracles come. That's that's. 
What? How much is a million bot in U.S.? Uh, is that? It's not much. It's like thirty. Uh, thirty. One million bot. Thirty-five thousand, maybe. Twenty-eight thousand five hundred. Wow. Okay. Wow. What's it like sharing your faith in a Buddhist nation? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the church is ninety-eight percent Buddhist conversion, right? So everyone you meet, the the nation's ninety-eight percent Buddhist. So everyone you meet is pretty much Buddhist. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to go back, and it's actually been really good for us because we take for granted God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, I remember, you know, talking to one guy and I said, so I, I, we had him over for dinner. And I said, so how much, um, how much do you know about, about God? And, and he goes, um, zero. zero. And so we're like, <laughs> wow. Okay, um, where do I, so, so, there, so there's this being called God and he claims that he's created everything. <laughs> so, so you look, and so the guy's like, okay, you know, what, what are you trying to sell me? Right. And this is a couple that we're studying the Bible with. And this is actually a couple that we met during the campaign uh, last year, sword campaign. Right. And, um, and the woman is farther along in her studies. And then, and then the woman asked a question and the husband who just said zero thought about God. And after sharing about God, he looked at his wife and said, didn't you hear? They said, that's what the Bible says, you know? And so immediately, right, he got it. But I think they can get it in the beginning, but it takes a long time to really, really, really get it wow. about God. One wow. of the things that we've learned from Harlem and Vanya is a whole concept of belonging first before even believing and i think in the past we've uh we've said oh you have to believe all these things you have to start behaving this way and then you can belong and mm. you can be part of our group we flipped that now here in this part of the world and i'm sure many places have to where you belong you belong right away so mm. you're you're our community now mm. now you're not a member, you're not a disciple yet but it's you're okay. you're mm. in our chat you're, you're all these things. So, so that kind of feeling. So we've realized that they they may not even be open right away to the gospel, but they're open to something that's different. Like they mm -hmm. see something right. different like group. I want to come to see that. And wow. so we just have to kind of go on their time and, uh, and just introduce God through the relationship. And then they could see something, they could see God through the relationship. This is very wow. good for our heart. Yeah. It Absolutely. makes Christianity in a very different level, right. very, very, very deep. So we, we're, mm. we're praising God for that. Right. Going back to the language, are you guys going to school? Do you have tutors? How are you learning? We uh, started with the tutor that uh, taught all the church leaders before. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kru Kronkiao, that's yeah. her name. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, most of the church leaders, if not all, went through her. So she's great. We were getting tutored by her for a while, for a few months. And then we thought we just, we want to do like more online to save the church some money. And right. uh, it's a money thing. Right. So we we're doing it online now. So Chester is actually a better student. So he's learning now how to read, uh, which is very hard. So hmm. it's, it's not easy, you know, but we, uh, we get by. You know, I, I didn't learn Tagalog when I was in, I learned some Tagalog when I was in the Philippines and I, I realized it was, it was, I was there 15 years and it was difficult because it's, it's the third largest English speaking nation in the world. So okay. whenever I'd speak a, a Tagalog to somebody, they'll always speak back to me in English, right? right? Coming out here, it's very different. I could, I could actually get by with speaking English if I really wanted to, um, because I have an interpreter and, the, and we're in the city, but, but um, there's just something about learning the language, as you know, going to Japan, right? And I feel like it's it's really uh, it's really changed my my heart. heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I say pumpen con con tai, right? And and what I'm saying is I I am Thai. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, it does something to me, but it also does something to the people to the people yeah. at the same time. Right. Yeah. So I spend I spend a lot of time on my own. 
just studying everywhere I'm at. Like I'm carrying a sheet of a pe- uh, little notebook and, hey, how did you say that? What does that mean? Can I say it this way? So I'm at dinner table and just jot things at bed. I'm reading before I go to bed and practicing as much as I can. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. We love it. Way to go. Plus, plus I heard it's going to keep me, keep us from having dementia by learning a new language. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Keep the brain working, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I just got to commend you guys for for taking on such a massive challenge Mm. later, later in your careers. So you guys are going to be there another three and a half years or so. And then the plan is to return to the States. Is that the. the Well, they, they, um, that's, that's what it. You know, that's what the plan is um, originally when it came. Um, the C region core leadership, you know, from the Parliament, uh, Vanya and different leaders, they're hinting and asking like maybe 10 years. Oh, there you right? go. Okay. okay. Adding, just adding <laughs> an extra five. Add on. Yeah. Right? And we're, <laughs> you know, because he's already yeah. talked to us about kind of, we're in Thailand and he wants us to kind of oversee the Mekong region. Mekong yeah. is Vietnam. Laos, mm-hmm. Cambodia, these, these Thailand, these, this, this section of the world. So, wow. well, we, um, we love Asia. We're Asians for a reason, right? Um, we are actually even toying with the idea of retiring here. Wow. Mm. Uh, for one, we love, we love being here. We fit in very well, despite the fact that we are still learning the language, but also at the same time, I think financially it's going to be better for us. You know, because we're really behind our uh, retirement, so I think it's going to be a, a better place for us to 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 live and survive and 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 do great for the church. All right, we're fifty fifty right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you'll. I'm sure God will reveal what's what's best for you guys. It's just, it's awesome. I'm sure that people listening are thinking, man, that's a big step, but it's really enticing. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to a person who's considering going on the foreign mission field? And especially for a person who may be older. Older. Right. Right. You know, there's a, uh, Steve Sinek, uh, as you know, wrote a book, uh, uh, know your why, know your why, right. Or, or find your why. Right. Right. So, uh, Simon, and, Simon Sinek, right. Simon Sinek, right. right. Simon Sinek, know your why, uh, or find your why. I think that's a that's really a a good question is why like uh, why why am i here why am i a disciple of jesus christ you know why am i why am i doing what i'm doing you know a lot of those why questions will help you to kind of you know how how or even how do i want to end out my last season mm. you know is, is this the place that i want to go and 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 I think we make that decision when we first become disciples, right? I'll do anything. I'll give up everything. But I think over time we we get comfortable. We start to gather all the things that we gave up in the very beginning. And I would I would say something to the effect of uh, being able to give God another white canvas and say, write on this canvas whatever you want me to be and do for this oh, last season of my life. That's awesome. And sometimes we, sometimes we give a canvas, but it's that numbered canvas, right? <laughs> Where uh, yeah. an image of a, of a chicken or something. Yeah. And like, oh, here, God, paint on this. Yeah, but you already have it all lined out and what you want me to paint. Make it blank. Yeah. And just say, God, I want to do anything and everything. I'll, I'll just give everything for you. What do you want me to do? So now, awesome. and I think this, you know, give the desires of your heart, say, God, these are the things I want, but what do you want us or me to do? Right. I think for me, um, that, that will help you to follow your passion. Okay. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, what would I say for those who, who want their lives to count? I think for me, my experience is to really, um, because my mind is always rushing. There's so many noises and just listen, 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 and pray and pray and pray. Because when you listen, that's when you're going to hear the calling. And some, some, sometimes you don't know who's calling, right? Sometimes the people are calling you, the leaders are calling you, your, your spouse, whatever. But I think when you listen to the spirit and what, where God wants you to lead, I think that for me is, is where I feel like, okay, God puts something in my heart that I don't even know it's there. And to for me to live the life that I'm I'm meant to be, that I I'm called to be, 
So I think for me, I will continue to listen to God's voice because we don't know. We don't even know if this is our last stop, what's going to be our next right. calling. Right, right. And we, I know that we want our lives to count. Right. Um, when you're talking about what what is winning for you, for me, winning is is great, a great feeling, but the process is what counts for me more than anything else. Right. Because we don't know what the end is. Only God knows. But the process for me, I'm going to enjoy the process and right. and seeing God use me, use my life to count on a day-to-day -day basis. That's right. Because like what I said, you know, it's it's as simple as doing laundry, you know, calls me higher in my day. I want my day to count today, you know? That's <laughs> a win. That's a win. Oh yeah, my and gosh. I'm to the driver, make sure we go to the right place. I mean, you know, but I think um, th that's really what I, I, I want to continue to do is to listen, to listen and, right. and listen to the right voice and the right calling. It's just so amazing what you guys are doing. And, and I think that whole concept of how defining it in a way where you feel like we're winning, you mm. know, is so important, it's especially for a couple like you, super talented and who've experienced such amazing miracles in the past. And they're in a situation where just across the way, you've got Indonesia is like baptizing people, you know, every second and in <laughs> Malaysia, you know, just explosive growth in neighboring countries. But Thailand is historically a much, much more difficult soil to work on. You have to have to be able to set it up in your mind so you can stay encouraged. Mm. I, I guess right. I, I would say, what are you guys doing to stay encouraged, to keep mm. your faith growing and, and, and building? Yeah, I think, you know, well, personally, I, I you know, we still take our Sabbath on you know, each week to really kind of ground ourselves and, and, and just to make sure we're, we're with God. Um, but I, th I think for us, uh, you know, having, having dreams and going after those dreams, even here, mm. like our, our dream right now is that to really have a thriving campus ministry. That's okay? awesome. Mm. So we're, we're, we're planning that out. We, we had a couple of baptisms and, uh, we're going to actually physically, like I said, just go on the campus. I'm 60 years old, me and this other brother, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 58, and then our young campus minister. So, so we're, we're going to do a soft campus opening right now. And in the summertime in June and July, we're going to do a mini campaign That's for awesome. two months. We're going to ask a whole church, take a day off, take two days off, take three days off. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to ask some other people to come on their own dime. If they want to come to, to Bangkok, Thailand, come to work the, the ministry for us for two solid months. Wow. So this year, we're just focusing on that that campus young ministry to really get that thing going. That's great. That's it's awesome. so inspiring. I think, I think for me, when we decided to come to Bangkok, I think what was one of the attractions for us and encouragement is to, to see how the sea region is doing and how we can really learn from their faith, learn from their walk with God, yeah. not just the ministry, because they're doing awesome in the ministry. Right. And be surrounded with the people are that are really faithful. There's a freshness about uh being with with the people. And so being part of uh, a group like that, surrounded with people with fresh faith, I think right. that keeps us going. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves getting retrained being here. Yeah. Parliament of we're part of the C Corps group and we, we meet very regularly right. and we get trained on how to do ministry. And so I feel like it's really fresh and it's really, um, really encouraging to, to see the faith of these people. Right. Yeah. Inspired by their lives. If That's someone, awesome. if someone wanted to join you guys for that summer campaign or reach out or, or support you in some other way, how would they reach you? Well, we're, we're doing the All Nations app. You know, we're going to be upping, updating that. Uh, we're going to be putting the information on there as well. But um, probably even just to directly email us, right? Um, it's going to be on our website, obviously. But the, the main way that we're going to promote it is through the All Nations app. That's, uh, that's, it's been coming around. I'm not sure if everyone's seen that yet, but mm -hmm. that's something that... Uh, that a lot of people are starting to download. It's it's that's been done by the Global Mission Society. So there's going to be a big push in that in, in March, April, and May. You're going to hear Got a little it. bit more about that. Got it. Great. 
Well, I certainly will put the your email in the show notes, yes. and so people can contact you. That eyes, way. it's the campaign is called Eyes That See, mm-hmm. Eyes That See. Right. Okay. Right. Gosh, it's really been so inspiring to spend this time with you guys. Um, I'm just so proud of you. And, you know, I know we go back a long way. You know, we got to be in Asia together, and then we've gone on trips together. And it's just, it's great to reconnect with you guys. I'm really, really thankful for this time. I'm called higher and inspired by your decision to go back to the foreign mission field. It's it's very, very encouraging. And we'll be praying for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we need to go on vacation again together. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm so proud of you guys. Right. We, right. We've heard a, ro- a lot of great things about what you're doing, gathering the, the small churches and just really just doing this this podcast right. Right. and um, more things that you're doing right. to to uh, to cater to the actually the biggest the the, the biggest um, number of our church are actually the small churches, right? That's right. right. That's right. So yeah. Yeah. You guys are, you're impacting the, the whole world by what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for including us in your plans. Thank of you. course. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First of all, hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find them on Amazon.com. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no-regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.